Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Practical Mindset. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and it is Tuesday, April 5th in the year 2022. And as our Declaration of Independence reads, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object and vices, a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. And so we shall talk about a lot of that tonight. For your sleep needs, and it is necessary to keep your sleep and health strong, there's two products I are advertise regularly here and intentional for your benefit. One is MyPillow, MyPillow.com. With your promo code BARDS, there's all sorts of great sleep products there to help you get a better night's sleep. I speak from first experience of how great these products are, and I truly believe in them. Not only do I believe in them, but a company that has upheld the American values of liberty and the fight for liberty. It's essential that you take care of yourself right now in these times of stress, and uh, there's a lot of stress and chaos going on. So obviously, MyPillow is a great place to get those sleep products, MyPillow.com. Our Bards Nation landing page is is MyPillow.com forward slash Bards with a promo code Bards, and all the current specials are there, including 60% off on Giza sheets and many things more. So check that out at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. And then take a listen to this message on supplements to keep your health strong. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day, while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at ExpeditionCoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Patriots, we're under attack from our way of life. We're under attack for the way that we believe. We're under attack for everything that we are. And as much as I despise the whole concept of racism, this group that's in power is targeting, heavily targeting, white Christian America. And they're doing it as well across the entire European spectrum. Their idea is that we have become the most defiant and therefore we are the most threatening to their model to continue forward. With that in mind, there is no doubt that where we are coming to is a culmination one way or another of these systems that are colliding with us and their intention. We have a form of government that is out of control. It has now become a tyranny, and it is a driving force in trying to force change the entire way in which we live and operate. Listen to some of these headlines. Oreo launches a new woke ad, and it's all about their 
LGBTQ nonsense. Everybody wants to get on this woke bandwagon. But what we have to start understanding is that the LGBTQ movement has now embraced the Man Love Association. This is a fundamental core and a fundamental wrong in the direction that we are going. Disney, here's a headline from Gateway Pundit. Disney cruise ship employee caught on camera molesting seven-year-old girl in elevator. Disney security guard investigating sexual assault is told, keep your mouth shut as Disney reportedly flew accused molester back to India. These are the type of sick people that are running the world. With this, there's all this cope. I think the best term it came, and I'll give credit where credit's due, Zach from Red Pill 78, which, by the way, as I take a little deviation here, when you head over, when make sure you're watching Zach, Red Pill 78, but take an effort to go over and see Zach at Red Pill 78 and congratulate him on his engagement. He just got engaged, and it's exciting. So get on over there and say hello to Zach. He's awesome. And, of course, he's down in Florida now. So pop on over there and say hello and congratulate him. It's a long – it's been something he's been talking about for quite a while, and I'm very, very happy for him, and let's wish him the best. So what Zach said today when we hear he and I were chatting on text is that the – whole principle right now is we have gone to a place of copium. I think that's really well said. People are in a place of coping with things, and so they're trying to find solutions. And in doing so, you're seeing things like trying to be excited about Elon Musk going in and taking on Twitter. Let's be real. Elon Musk is a globalist. If you haven't figured that one out, he mimics and says the same things that Klaus Schwab says. There's no difference. And he is talking the same format as the fourth industrial revolution in the WEF. In fact, footage came out today that was shows that all of the space shots you've been seeing with SpaceX are all CGI. I've said this for some time. You've heard this because there's too many anomalies that don't make sense, but it's all CGI. We don't even know what's real anymore. And these people aren't telling you what's real, and what they're doing is getting money siphoning off of taxpayer dollars. All of Elon Musk's stuff is just taxpayer funded. So, and, and it's a, not a successful business because it can't sustain itself without it. So head on over t- to Elon Musk's site on Twitter and tell him he's a troll. <laughs> I don't care if he does have 9.3% or whatever it is of Twitter. He's not going to make any difference in the end. And it's all just a joke. And it's just all this is done to keep you distracted. And what's at the core issue of all of this? The core issue that we're faced with are the real crises of the globalists trying to maintain control of their system. The dollar is preeminent, and they want, and the injection was a big part of it to cull out a part of the society and to, to make another big chunk of it sick. Because there's three categories, like I've said many times, about with the injection, destroy and kill one segment of one chunk of people, make another broad spectrum of people sick so they're forever dependent on the big pharma model, and those that don't get sick then have them slowly converted into a transhumanist drone. But something went wrong because not enough people complied willfully in the United States. So they're continuing the push. We are in a problem right now where the federal government has reached far beyond what it should ever be. Its overreach into our lives is phenomenal, and we are at a point right now very much as the colonialists were in the early time of the American Revolution. They had had enough of the British Empire. And keep in mind that the British Empire was the largest empire on the globe at that time. So if you ever feel like we're overmatched, it's just in our history. That's how it was then. It's how it is now. And we are once again overmatched, and we have a, a lot of problems in this system. We have no government to trust. We have no government-level leadership that we can trust. We have 
we have to remain, and I mean this truly, we have to remain suspicious of our military and our police for two reasons. The military, for the sake of the injection, we don't know really who took it and who didn't. And we don't know what their state is other than the fact that there's a massive increase in ailments and there's still a pretty good core in the military that believes that the shot was the right thing, that everyone should take it, and that should bother you. There is also, and keep in mind that that volunteer military at the end of the day is making choices on that backs of whether to keep their job and their pensions and their retirements or not. So again, it's all motivated by money. From the police point of view, there's a number of concerns that everyone should have. And I say police, not sheriff. The police have been infiltrated by the UN through the UN agreement on policing that was set up under Obama. That's one very critical issue. And the other part about police is their loyalty. They, many of the police have been infiltrated by secret societies like the Masons. And their agendas run counter to the Constitution. So again, I've talked frequently about the importance of building a relationship with your sheriff. Also, don't forget that the police are under corporate charters and they're not accountable to the people. So if you're a person in blue and, and you don't like what I'm saying, then it's no offense to you if you're a good constitutionalist, but the fact of the matter is that they have to clean up their ranks to get us back to the constitutional base. That always puts the burden back on us as we the people, but that's the same as it always was. And that's the challenge of having a country like we have where we do have a representative republic or should have, we don't actually have now. And the burden for us is to remain active and vigilant at the local level. We cannot change federal and we have very little influence over state, but we have extreme control still locally and we have to maximize that. Now, with that said, there's still going to be a, a lot of accountability. As people are making changes and seeing how the systems were working, people are starting to retract, as we did in the colonialist period. One of those ways is getting their children, which desperately needs to happen, getting children out of public schools. Take a listen to this report on that situation in, in an example of something that's happened in Kentucky. I'm still gathering information on this developing story, but a friend reached out to me this morning while I was in a concert with my kids. Apparently in Perry County, Kentucky, there have been unannounced home visits to homeschooling families. Let me tell you the details. They are arriving in unmarked police cars, coming unannounced and knocking on homeschoolers' doors. Apparently what started happening first were repeated phone calls of officials repeatedly begging parents to re-enroll their kids and also asking why they were homeschooling. My understanding that when parents said, no, I'm not planning to re-enroll my kid, they then said, well, we're gonna start doing home visits. I did a little digging and apparently Kentucky has been in hot water before with unannounced home visits of homeschoolers once in 2015 and then again in 2017, both times apparently HSLDA had to get involved. HSLDA has done so much work to protect our Fourth Amendment rights of families to be safe from unwarranted government intervention. It is the official stance of HSLDA that unwarranted home visits are a violation of our constitutional rights. I am not a lawyer. I do not work for HSLDA. I do think, however, that now is the time that we do become members there if you're not already, especially if you're in a state where school districts do not understand their own state laws regarding homeschooling. It's more common than you think. To knock on people's door to guilt and bully parents or even ask them why they are homeschooling is such a violation of privacy. I'm like all worked up over it. Send this to everyone that you know who homeschools. I'll be checking my comment section regularly. If you do live in Kentucky, if you are one of these families that this happened to, please comment. And I really hope that you have already been on the phone with HSLDA and have spoken with their lawyers. So the important point about that is that we're having effect because what's happening is as people are pulling out of schools, it's shaking up the system and it's disrupting their funding base because they're paid so much per head in class. The homeschooling movement needs to continue to grow, and we need to encourage it. And, of course, you know that that's the second pillar in county by county. 
all of this though falls back on us again. And what is coming here is going to challenge all of us. There's no question that we're going to be dealing with a lot of financial and basic supplies needs that are going to change. So we've been they've been telling us openly. Larry Fink is warning the privileged class, as he calls it, that there's going to be shortages like they've never seen before. We know that the dollar is now under critical threat as Russia pivots off of the dollar and has made it very clear that its enemies, meaning us, will no longer be able to buy any of its products without paying in ruble. And the ruble is now pegged to gold, which is one gram to 5,000 rubles, which is that now has become the most solid currency, frankly, in the world, other than one of the cryptos like Bitcoin. That's going to cause an increasing slide in the dollar. As other countries start to migrate over to use ruble, this country is going to be faced with a sliding dollar. And in my opinion, all of this is, these globalists are using this as the opportunity to let the dollar slide because they know they're way over their skis on the debt of the dollar. Remember, the dollar now has, in this country alone, $30 trillion in debt. Our annual revenues in this country run between 12 and $15 trillion. So we're now beyond our revenue intake, which means we are upside down and we're not going to be able to make our debt payments. They're not going to default on it, though. That'd be too big of a deal. So what they will do is they will go through a reset but instead of calling it a reset, they will do it through tr- transitioning to a CBDC and they will bury that debt along with four quadrillion, quadrillion in derivative debt, which is just an imaginary amount of money that they've created over time to fund everything, all at the expense of us, turning us more into slaves. With all of that in mind, each one of us has to look at our own lives very critically and how we can better prepare for what's coming. I want to highlight a couple of sites for you here to explore on YouTube. These are some really good sites, and I just want to make mention of them here. One of them is the Gray Bearded Green Beret. The Gray Bearded Green Beret. The Gray Bearded Green Beret is a is he is a prepper um, kind of bushcraft type site, but he has some really practical things on just preparing go bags and just. And all the equipment that he uses, he tests for four to six months before he ever talks about it. Really good source. Also, Ham Radio 2.0. Ham Radio 2.0. Just a really good informative site, including some open free classes there on preparation classes for taking your tech and your general license. City Prepping is another one. City Prepping. That's very much geared towards the urban person who's doing some preparations in an urban environment. And then there's another one called the Prepper, or just Prepper Princess. Prepper Princess. She is an an exceptional resource for doing things on extreme budgets. All of these people, and there's many, many more sites than that. This is just a few that I want to throw out here tonight. And these will just offer you some resources to continue to look. One thing I will say, as much as YouTube is a pain in the butt for putting up current events and things that are divisive in in nature by their standards, like LGBTQ, vax, anything to do with the vax, anything to do with Ukraine. YouTube remains the preeminent source for educational materials like this, and there's a wealth of information out there. So you should take advantage of it. I have mentioned this once before, and I would highly recommend that you, when you find videos that you like on YouTube, to save them offline. There is a program called ClipGrab, C-L-I-P-G-R-A-B, ClipGrab, which you can get very low cost. And there's probably others out there that happens to be the one I use. That is, once you get that installed on your computer, all you have to do is drop the URL in of the video on YouTube and it will rip it off of the site and you can store it offline. It's a great way to build a digital learning library and to keep it offline and a safe away on, on a hard drive that and ultimately possibly even putting it on a stick and keeping it in a Faraday bag. And we'll get all to that in a little bit here. But what I want to kind of go through tonight in this sense of where we're headed is just some practical perspectives on where we are going to have to go to to be prepared in the coming months that are ahead of us. Because there's no question that the currency is falling, that there's 
engineered food shortages happening from cutting off water in California to having farmers destroy their crops. Many things like this are happening. They are engineering a crisis in food, in water, in energy, as they prevent other drilling going on, capping up wells, tying it up in litigation for the environmentalists, all in design to break the back of this nation and force everybody into a compliant state where you'll be obligated to use their currency, which is the CBDC, obligated to live off of public transportation or have an electric car if you can afford it, obligated to eating their food, which will be engineered and built with the type of nutrients to keep you dumb and stupid, and obligated ultimately to take an injection, which will tie you into their system even more. All of this designed to weaken, to degrade, and ultimately weed out and have one group of people that are left that are a compliant slave class, which will become what's left of the United States if they have their way. And of course, the answer is they won't, but that's going to take us to a place where we have to take some serious considerations to prepping. So let me start out with just some simple framework tonight to consider. And I think what's most important when you start with your model of prepping is you have to ask yourself of what type of prepping model you're doing. Are you doing an urban model? Are you doing a rural model? Or are you doing a mobile model? Just briefly, obviously urban is any sort of urban environment where you live, whether it's in an apartment, whether it's in a subdivision, um, however that is in city or on the perimeter of the city, nonetheless, those urban models have a very clear format on how you prepare for them. That gets into how much property you have or not have. All that shapes the way that you're going to store things and grow things and prepare for yourself. The rural model, it has its own issues and, and, all, and its own focus on how, and all of this will get into how much land you have, how far out you want to take your model. And mobile, obviously, is if you're going to live out of a camper, live out of a truck, live out of a Jeep, live out of a converted van, live on a trailer, however that is. Each one of these, those three categories, urban, rural, mobile, all have different ways of looking at the problem. And that's for you to discern, but those are just, that's how I would initially start with any prepping model. The other critical question that you really have to ask is what are your means of sustainment? So in these models, are you going to be able to have a garden? Can you have a garden plus bees? Can you have a garden plus animals? Can you have a garden plus bees and animals? Or are you going to work more on a hunter-gatherer model? These are important frameworks to look at as we go through this, which helps you refine down how you're going to build out your practical prepping situation. And then you also have to look at what, you're going to, what is going to be your means of replenishment. Are you going to build a model where you're fully self-sustained? Or are you going to build a model where you're going to have some things where you can trade in kind, like meat for meat, vegetables for food for food? Or are you going to have something in where you can do replenishment in trade in skills? So you're going to trade somebody's skills in exchange for food, trade somebody's skills in exchange for linen, as an example. And or are you going to work completely in a, in a model in your however your environment is where everything's based on an equitable exchange? So I have I have some honey and I'm going to exchange that for somebody's skill to do uh, sewing. What I haven't included in here is the currency issue. And the reason I haven't is that currency is pretty fluid right now. And there's a lot of options that you should prepare for, which we'll get to a little bit in just a few minutes. But I, I want you just initially in the framework of how you're framing the model of, of, your, urban pre, of your prep model, not urban prep model, but your prep model of how you're going to go about the basic format of how you're doing it. Now, the other thing that's really important is to keep it simple. So one of the biggest problems that I've come across when I see people prepping is they build infrastructure that is not sustainable. They put a heavily reliance on mechanical things, and then they start having to build in the redundancies in the mechanical things. So they build up farm equipment, and then they have to have redundancies of parts and belts and fuel and oil, and it just builds this massive supply network on their own property, which is massively expensive. It's tied up capital, and not all things re preserve well. 
So seals, for example, if you're keeping them, if they're not over time, they will degrade even in storage. Fuel, gasoline with an additive, you can keep gasoline for approximately a year. But after that, fuel will degrade and separate. Diesel is its own monster and how to store that. Oil is its own challenge. So all of these things you have to think about is, are you going to run a human model or are you going to run a mechanical-based model? Mechanical, and so that includes power. So are you going to, everything is going to be around a human-powered model or is it going to be around a mechanical-powered model as in petroleum products and, and, and that sort of technologies? Human power versus animal power. Really easy to talk about needing to get, say, an ox or a horse, but unless you have been around that to appreciate what that requires, an ox has a minimum of a three to five year raise and train period, and then you have to know how to use it, and you have to have the equipment to use it properly. When you get to the um, a horse, a horse is another animal. Heavily, horses are challenging for a lot of reasons because they take a constant amount of training and work to make them effective. And horses tend to be high on veterinary costs. So there's a maintenance issue that goes into that you may not have access to. The other, the human model when I talk about this is human powered. So are you going to, when you talk about building garden beds, are you going to plow them with an animal or a, or a tractor? Or are you going to learn how to till them with hand tools yourself? And these are important issues because I, in the models that I build, I tend to build the models first and foremost off of a human power model, which also builds a scalability, meaning it's whatever individually you can manage. And as, then you can grow that out over time, but you have to build in your patterns and scalability is, is a much more considered managed problem than in building these big out farm areas if you're not equipped to do so. Not taking away from farmers because farmers do large scale builds and that's fine, but they're accustomed to doing it. The other big issue when you get into technologies, especially when you get into heat and energy, is looking at primitive versus technological. So this is another big issue. And this arranges the whole principle of, principle of primitive versus technological is pretty expansive. So as an example, when you're looking at heating your home and one person says solar, I would choose wood. Because solar, though they say is clean, the minute you have a circuit go out, the question you have to ask is who's going to be there to repair it? And it does happen. And what and where are you going to get the parts, especially since most of the parts for solar come from China? Solar versus generator. Same type of question. Even though the solar, again, it comes from sun, you're going to have other issues to deal with with the solar system. And generator has its own challenges, which is probably easier to get motor parts than it is to get electronic parts for a solar power panel. Now, that isn't to say that you should have one or the other either, because redundancy if you had all three, that's a perfect redundancy built in. Really have to look at the combustion model, the combustion engine model versus the hand human powered model. That's a critical part of your planning. And you should also look at the animal and animal husbandry issue versus hand operated. Again, remember animals as good as they are for doing a lot of things, they are going to require another line of sustenance and fuel. Even your dog or your cat is going to require that you have an ability to maintain their food over time. Core to all of this is asking two principal questions. How much do you need and how much is too much to manage? Those two questions are really critical to how you plan because it's very easy to build up a lot of capacity and then not have the ability to manage it. And then all that does is waste time, capital, and it just sits there and rots. And that's not effective and it's not good stewardship. So that just kind of gives some basic framework to some things we're going to look at. I want you to hear this 12 prep steps, which I thought were really practical that I came across today. How to prepare for an emergency in 2022, steps 1 through 12. Step 1, strengthen the bonds with your neighbors, your family, and your friends. You're going to need each other. Step 2, if you live in a private home, get a generator, a good one. Step three, get off your television. Wean yourself off of social media and phone dependency. Consider getting a landline with a phone that does not require electricity to work. Step four, learn to read a map and use a compass. Learn the US Postal Addressing System. It'll help you divide any city into quadrants. Odd numbers are usually north and west. Even numbers are usually south and east. 
Step 5. Save all of your important digital documents to a portable hard drive. Print out all necessary documents and keep them together in a secure plastic folder, along with birth certificates, marriage certificates, other forms of identification, and paper scripts for your prescriptions. Do not forget this. Step 6. Ditto for important phone numbers. Print them out and save them in the folder. Step 7. Have a bag packed and ready to go. It should contain a few changes of clothes, including a hoodie, and do not forget socks. A small first aid kit, documents and IDs, a flashlight, a box cutter with extra blades, paper and something to write with, protein bars and potable aqua water purification tablets. Everyone in your home should have their own bag and should be able to carry it. Have a contingency plan, a meeting spot in case you and your family get separated, and have a backup in case that spot is inaccessible. It should be a public space. Step 9. Fast once a week. Learn to overcome hunger so you won't freak out if you encounter it again. Step 10. Spend some time in total darkness. Get used to it. Step 11. Close your eyes and learn to maneuver around your home by counting the steps between rooms and the steps between floors. This is useful in any emergency where your vision is impaired. Step 12. Exercise and eat right. Get off any medication you don't absolutely need. Meditate and build up your fortitude. You're stronger than you think. God bless America. And that clip comes from New York Nadia on TikTok. She's got some great stuff over there. And this was a really good practical piece. What I like about the perspective that she's giving is she's not building a bug out model. I'm not big on the bug out model. Not saying it won't happen. If you're in the if you're in a inner city area, yeah, you probably should plan on a bug out model. But there's really an important piece here to keep in mind as you build out your prep models and you're and you're getting preparation going. You're hearing a lot of chatter about get out of the city run away into the countryside. If you're in a big city and you can do that, I would encourage you to. But that's not practical for everybody. And it's also another perspective that if we aren't all going to run away from the city centers, there's not, or the at least the peripheral parts of the city, who is going to be there to steward that through? The Obviously, smaller towns are, in my opinion, are much better, and rural communities and smaller towns are the best for all of this. Nonetheless, you have to deal with what you have, and you have to learn to steward what you have. I'm, I've been building pretty heavily on what I would call the urban prep model, which is based roughly on a quarter of an acre. And I think that it's an excellent model to work from because it's scalable to go up into acreage and it's also applicable to a wide range of homes across the United States. As I've mentioned before, there's 70 million acres in lawn in this country, all of which could be turned into food producing meccas. And if that was turned into food production, we would not be facing the sort of crisis that we do now. Sadly, what's become is a world that where the biggest vulnerability we have, the actual two biggest vulnerabilities we have are fuel and our dependency on corporate, corporate grown and corporate delivered food. We have to break that cycle for us to reclaim our stability and our sovereignty. And the one th advantage that most of the colonialists had was that they were at least growing most of their food locally and they weren't dependent on the corporate model, though there was still, they were facing pretty, some pretty good challenges. A couple other things just to highlight that, Nadia, New York Nadia mentioned in that piece, and it's some of the some things that are frequently overlooked. One is the the placement of documents, getting hard paper do documents set aside in an easy to grab location, and having copies of those ready in your go bag so you won't have to waste time. The go bag principle is is really overplayed a lot in the prepper model because it's played like you're going to get hit with a nuclear bomb and you're going to be running away from the aftershock, which is dumb. But the, the fact is that in any sort of environment, whether it's a fire, which has been, we've had these here, whether it's a tornado or hurricane, these sorts of prepper models are exceptional because you can grab your bag, have it ready. Each person has everything they need to sustain and all your, all your vital documents are with you or at least know where they are so you can grab them quickly. The other point that she brings up, which I've, I think it's one of the most, one of these things that goes on the list of the most overlooked is having writing instruments. We've become very accustomed to ballpoint pens and worse in this day and age, most people, not many people use their phone or their digital appliance to take notes, which is ridiculous. 
What you need to get back to is having notebooks and pencils, mechanical pencils, and even having quill pens. Having some of that in your prep system. Quill pens can use ink and you can derive ink from any things to write with. Ballpoint pens are subject to what's ever in the ballpoint within the, the pen ink tube. And once that's worn out, it's a throwaway. We need to limit the amount of disposable stuff in the world. It's very critical. And the more that you can do that and get onto a reliance issue, it's better. That's why I prefer mechanical pencils because it takes lead and lead. You can get a lot of lead in a small container and you have have a mechanical pencil that can have a lot of writing capability. And again, the, the quill pens are a good idea to have around. So just some thoughts on some real basics that we don't think much about. Candles, having plenty of those. Just some basic issues around the house. I would encourage, as, as we've done in our own house, having portable lights placed throughout the house. So if there is an outage, like I have one on the desk, I have one in the bathroom, I have one near my bed. If there's a power outage, I just reach over and I have an immediate light. It's an LED light that's battery powered. That there's a light there at all times when something happens and you don't have to work in pure darkness. But her comment of getting accustomed to working in darkness is really a good idea because if power goes out or if you have become visually impaired for some reason, knowing how to function in the dark is a really good issue. Now, it kind of can go down here to a few other things to start considering. When we first started out a lot of this discussion of preparations, we were at a, about a two-month, three-month model. That should be a two- to three-month model should be your absolute minimum for food and water. And it's really, in this point in time, that's becoming more and more critical. If you have the space and capacity, that should be grown out or pushed out to at least 6 to 12 months. And for some, if they can do it as far out as 24 months. Key items, there are some key items that you should try to plan for 24 months. Some of those would be rice and and some of your foundations, like rice and beans, are very easy to store. They're in dry products, and they store for a long time. And some of your basic products from hygiene issues to first aid issues, you should account for having some of those around for about 24 months if you can do it. Now, the other thing is you should be looking at a lot of building skills. And this is a time where one of the best things a person can do, no matter where you live, there's no limit to this, you should be building your skills. And the more skills you have, the better you're going to be able to adapt to the situations that come. Fundamentals of those skills are things like hunting and fishing. Can you hunt? Can you fish? Do you have the equipment to hunt and fish? doesn't take a fortune to do it, but you do need to have those things on hand and learn how to use them. Because that, again, is a, this, as the old saying goes, give a man a fish, he can feed himself for an, a day. Teach a man to fish, and he can feed himself for life. That's the principle of that whole idea right there. If you have a generator for power, consider what those redundant systems will be. What happens if that goes out? What happens if you can't get fuel? Generators are best if you can get multi-fuel, propane and gas. That's the best situation. And if those are out, can you survive if you have no electricity? A really big question and an important one in these sorts of times when there's so much instability. Keep in mind that we're not painting the picture necessarily of the end of world, but we are talking about a cabal that controls the entire global grid with dollars and they don't want to give up their power. Don't think that they won't try to seek vengeance on their own people. And if you have any questions about that, follow what's going on with the Asaf battalion in Ukraine. They have been slaughtering their own people. They have been beating their own people. They have distributed themselves amongst the military throughout Ukraine and they have turned up these little you know, almost like brown shirt groups going around and, and attacking and killing civilians. So they're dealing, they are looking at put, inducing pain and suffering on their own people as the Russians come in to try to liberate them. That's how these people think you need to be prepared for that sort of thinking as we go forward because the pressure is on this cabal. And this cabal is losing grips of the narrative. It's losing grips of its total power. I have no idea if we're ever going to see some version of a you know, quote-unquote white hat coming to the rescue, but I can say that there's a breaking point for Americans, and it's arriving faster than I probably expected. And that breaking point, as they push this LGBT pedophile narrative across the United States, is getting to the point where Americans are about ready to drop the hammer. And it's, 
it's happening each day. Combine that with a financial issue where things are costing so much more, the buying power is, is falling, people are having to make choices between their house, mortgage, and food. These are critical times that will eventually hit a tipping point. So all of us being more prepared for adapting to the crisis and the situation is going to make all of us more resilient as a nation to get through this in a wise way. Because ultimately, this whole system as it is, the big tech companies, the, the corporate structures that we have, they are going to have to be tar torn down. And when we look at the infiltration of this pedophile culture and all of these values that have been so distorted throughout our country, there is no other way but to accept that that entire system has to be brought to the ground and we're going to have to rebuild. So each person is going to have to be part of that rebuilding. In that framework, I would truly say there's the opportunity to make America great again. But it's going to take a complete teardown for us to tear, bring it back up. Self-defense, that's another issue to consider. Don't get overworked up about this one. I would encourage you to take a basic self-defense class if you are not, if you've never trained in self in martial arts or self-defense. I wouldn't get too crazy about all of this. If you decide to carry, to carry a pistol, open carry or concealed carry, whatever you do, make sure that you are training regularly with that firearm. Just putting one on your hip doesn't do anybody any good. In fact, you become a greater liability. It'd be better if you didn't. So if you're going to have a firearm, commit to the training of that, which is initially, it should be a weekly time, and you should get some training on it if you're not familiar with one, and weekly time at the range to get proficient at what you're doing. Become good at what you're doing. Everything that you seek out right now, you should strive for excellence in. There's just no other way of saying. Another big thing about training with a firearm is what they call dry, dry fire training. You can train regularly with draw and and. and you pulling the trigger without rounds in the chamber and you can practice over and over on that precision and that muscle memory, which is much needed. Now, the other thing I've talked about here where there was a big effort made by the resistance chicks, very successful is getting your ham operators license. That should be something everybody should try to do. The first level of that is a tech license. After the, somewhere in the middle of this month, that fee now goes up from $14 to $35, just so you know. But it's, it's not a big deal to get it. Um, it takes a little bit of study. I and then your other license, if you can pull it off, is to get your general license. So your tech and your general license. Important to get. You'll hear a lot of preppers suggest that that's not good because you're going to register with the federal government. I got news for you. You're so registered with the federal government anyway, it doesn't matter. But what it does do immediately is get you on the net, allows you to start talking to people, learning about frequencies, and becoming proficient in communications as soon as possible. The big piece that we've mentioned up above is what is going to be your food source and do you have a self-sufficient food source like a garden? If you don't have yard space to do a garden, then you need to take, then at least look at how you can grow in bags, grow in pots and grow things indoors. Now, just a few things for consideration of as we move forward here. Um, in the, in the days and weeks ahead is becoming knowledgeable in skills. I'm just, I listed a few here just to consider. And this is especially applicable to homeschoolers as you are, if you're raising, homeschooling your children, these are opportunities now to get them skilled up in areas. Things like getting a welder certification, working in STEM degrees, uh, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, looking at a forklift and, or heavy equipment certification of some fashion, becoming familiar with how to do blacksmithing, how to do land tracking, um, how to do wild plant identification. Timber framing is a big one. I have that in my background where you learn how to just from raw material, how to build things without nails and just with wood pins and joints. Home electrical is a big one. Homesteading skills of all fashions, which includes sewing, soap making, a variety of things. Here's the good news, because we do look at a clock that is somewhat ticking right now, and not everybody has these skills. So one of the ways to accomplish a lot of those things, at least I would say to bank it, is to acquire a paper library on all of this. Now, not everybody can is going to be able to afford to get a paper library, though I would highly suggest as much as you can get your information in paper books. 
but you can also build a digital library. And if you do, make sure you're storing that on a USB stick and keeping it in a Faraday bag. That's just good common sense right there. Also remember to have a paper Bible and make sure you have one in the top of your go bag. Everyone should have one and not be reliant on the digital Bibles because that's a good chance at a certain point they're going to want to cover their tracks by downing the web. And I don't think it'll be global, though it could be, but definitely what they're going to try to do is erase tracks. And that means rewriting history in, in their terms. So, in a skill set as well, consider anything related to carpentry, mechanical, mechanics, as in mechanics, working on vehicles. Get familiar with that. Get familiar with working with the tools. If you have drafting skills, sharpen them up. Make sure you have the ability to have those tools around so you can draw and draft things. Master Gardener's programs are excellent. Beekeeping experience in almost a critical one. Any sort of animal husbandry experience you can get. It doesn't have to be a full range. It can be one. I would actually encourage you just focus on one thing if you're if you're new to this or you're oh, even a ways in. Get good at one of these things. Like get very good at beekeeping. If you're going to do animal husbandry, get one good at one type of animal. My limit of animal husbandry is dealing with pigs, and that's where I'll continue to focus. And because I don't have the experience in cattle. I don't have the experience in horses. I don't have the experience in chickens and ducks. Not that I can't do it, but in the months ahead, I'm narrowing things down to where I can become highly knowledgeable and skilled in those areas. Make sure and get a friend and a loved one involved in all of this with you. That's, that's expanding the neighborhood and the community. And that gets people involved together. It's really important. And then when it comes to the money piece, gold, silver, cash, and crypto are kind of your critical things to shift and get your money out of the system as much as possible. It's asked to me very frequently, what about 401ks? What about those sorts of monies that are controlled until retirement? What I would say and and recommend to you is get your 401ks into gold-backed IRAs as fast as possible. Now, I I'm going to tell you, I've, I brought on a, I'm actually having a call with them this week and I'll talk more about it coming up, but I've brought on a company that's going to advertise with the channel that is a really good company for gold and silver IRAs. And so I'm having a conference call with them on Thursday and then we'll start getting that rolling. But I, I just want you to be aware of that, that it's uh, it's something I think is very important and I'm trying to make that as I try to do with anything that's advertised here that I've vetted it and researched it for your own benefit, you can make a choice how you want that to go. But at least it's a resource for you. And then the uh, make sure all of your documents, especially crypto, if you're doing crypto, and I'm new to crypto, so I'm still learning it, but I do know that you can store crypto offline in a secure and locked USB stick, but it, you need to keep those things in a Faraday bag. That's kind of in a very quick overview. The principal issues of all of this is keeping it simple and keeping it simple and keeping it practical because it's very easy to get wrapped into prepper stuff and it will, it, prepping is a, life, is a lifetime of issues. And depending on where we are right now, as we start to look at the criticality of the times and we start to look at the increasing in costs of things, which are going up exponentially, keeping things practical and simple is really important. So as much as the things that you can make the sorts of things that you can prepare to make, getting raw materials on hand to be able to do that, and building up your skill base is going to be one of the most important things you can do. I know I say it almost every night, but make sure you're getting things started for a garden or some sort of planting to grow some of your food, even if it's nutrient-based like sprouts and microgreens. This is the time to get it moving. That You do not want to wait because I've already heard from people saying, I've got seeds and I'm going to bank them until we need them. That is the wrong answer. All of these things, as many of these skills that you can get started in now, the better. If you can be with friends or family that have additional skills, that's the best way to, to expand that capability fast so that you individually don't have to carry all the burdens yourself. And that's the whole principle of rebuilding community at its core. Last item on tonight's list. And it's one that we seldom talk about. And it's very important. And it's maintaining OPSEC at all times. As much as I talk about the things that I do, there is always, we always have to be aware that not everybody has good intentions, sadly. 
You need to build communities that you can trust. You have to be careful about the sort of things that you openly share outwards. And you, you have to be at least have that in your mind as you go forward. That is OPSEC. That is operational security. And you need to maintain OPSEC. That is for the sake of your family, for the sake of your own livelihood, for the sake of your communities. And those are just good methods to, handle, to carry forward. Don't assume that everybody you meet has good intentions. And especially as things to get to be a little more uh, vulnerable and unstable, people are going to start looking around for opportunities. We've already seen this happen with gas, where people are literally having their gas stolen by, by pariahs coming in and cutting the hose on the gas line or sticking a hole in their gas tank. And these people literally just don't care. I mean, they're, they're, just, they're, they're just in a different mindset. Desperation breeds a very strange type of reaction in human beings. So as we prepare, be cautious, keep your OPSEC. If you're going to be helping somebody out, I have to say it, you know, make sure that you understand what you're exposing yourself to when you do so, right? Your stocks and your stores are very important and it's very easy to look at that and say, well, we have plenty I'll share. That can be a real issue if people know how much you have at a time of scarcity. In no way am I promoting the idea of being a hoarder, but at the same time, we have to be wise. And so OPSEC is one of those things you have to be cognizant of at all times and just keep that forefront in everything you do. Above all, Keep your prayers going. Above all, listen to God as we move forward here. Pay attention to as God guides you. And keep that focus on our faith right before us in all things. That ultimately will be the greatest light that carries us through all of this. Let us pray. Father, we come to you tonight with a clear set of thoughts and direction before us to prepare in the days coming to head going ahead. And we, so we ask for your continued guidance and your blessing to continue to encourage people in the right directions, give strength to those that may be concerned at this time of what they have or don't have, knowing that ultimately you will take care of all things. But let us continue to be diligent in all that we do, committed to this process of, of building up our stores and filling the silos, not just for us, but for those in need that are and for building up the strength of our homes to build that strong sanctuary where that light of the hill will continue to glow and give hope to the many as darkness continues to roll. And above all, Lord, we are asking for this time to give us the strength to overcome this evil, to continue to pray for justice that will crush this crazy, insane type of attack that's coming on us right now, and to continue to pray for the healing of the many that have been victimized by the hand of of this deceit and evil that has taken control of this nation. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, it's uh, there's a lot of practicality. It's above. I think the biggest message I want to get home tonight to everybody is when you're doing your preps, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed, and it's very easy to look at budgets especially and see that what you need and what's available don't match. Don't let that be a problem. Make a list. Be very pragmatic about how you do things. Be very simple. Again, define your type of prep model, urban, rural, mobile. Look at what you can personally manage, which is a big issue. Keep those things focused in those principles and then slowly, incrementally grow out what you need. And as you accomplish the tasks, reassess, recalibrate, build out new lists. I think I mentioned the other night, I made a list a year ago and I went through it just the other night. And I'm very pleased to see that that's, I'm right at about 90% completion, but it's just been a steady process of nicking that stuff off the list and getting there. So there's going to be a lot of pressure and urgency placed in messages in the months ahead. You're going to hear a lot of rattle, rattle about you know the end of this and the, the shortages of that. The greatest thing that can ever happen is that we go through a period of time when there is shortage and you don't really feel it. That's good prepping. That's wise prepping. And that is very possible how it will be for many. So 
in all of this time, the greatest effect that we can have is to not be affected by the shortages and damage that they're trying to do to this world. And if that happens, you know that rather than saying it, it was unnecessary, it's quite to the contrary, it means you were successful. I would think we would call that proactive mitigation. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Prayers are central right now, connecting with God and listening to the wisdom that he puts before us. And God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. All right, patriots, I'll see you this evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. 
We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.